connected on LinkedIn. Yeah, man, how you doing, Donald? I'm still technically a cold call, but that's so much more warmer now because this day and age, because people have been burnt so badly in the past that they become apprehensive. So if I do the cold call number one, maybe I can still get appointments, say out of 10, maybe I'll get like, you know, get in contact with three people. But then now when I do a phone call, say with the warm approach where I do use technology to my advantage and connect with you, now I'm, that's maybe a five, uh, five maybe a 50% chance uh, of getting in contact with you as opposed to 30%. I'll take that any day. Hey y'all, I am back today and one of the very first podcasts that I was on was Donald Kelly's, the sales evangelist. And so it is uh, amazing that I was able to get him back, uh, get him on my show uh, first to hang back out. So thanks for having me first of all, and thanks for taking the time to get on my show. Bro, thank you, man. I'm humbled uh, to be selected to to be a guest. I know what that process is like when you're trying to get people to come on your show and it, you have to get the right individuals. So the fact that I fall in your criteria makes me humble, uh, feel good about it. <laughs> hey, hey, Thanks, hey, man. You, hey, you you are a legend in the making. Before I go into your story, like, um, and this will kind of be like for your story, just so folks sure, understand what I'm talking about. Like you, you've been in the podcast game for a while, right? Yeah, and I mean, in podcast years, it sounds it sound it's long. In the real world, people are like, "That ain't nothing, man." But I started podcasting five years ago, and podcast has really been a lot of the mainstream about for the past ten years. So, about halfway during that process there. And, and, and you've been like, and you've been like uh, the presenter at the national podcast conference. Yes, yeah, so pod, yeah, podcast movement. Yeah. It's, it's the largest podcasting event in the world, and uh, it's been growing hand over fist. So this year, it's actually in my backyard here in Florida, and I'm excited. But my friend Jared and uh, his business partner, Dan, they're the ones who co-founded, and well, several of them founded it, but they're uh, the main folks behind it, and they developed it, and they just hired me every year. At first year, I did it as you know gesture to a friend, and then they uh, every year, they've been hiring me since. So this is our sixth year. Um, and uh, it's been fun, so I'm excited right. to do it again. Well, let, let's let's get into it because you 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 do a lot, right? And yeah, yeah. And you are you and I are somewhat kindred spirits when it comes to selling and marketing in the new age because I'm always telling my you know 50 year. I mean, it's not just the 50 year olds, um, but I tell everybody that has a business, you know, hey, like still do the things that you're doing, the cold calling, the door knocking, everything, right? Because it, it's tried and true, it works, but you have to think differently if you're selling in today's uh, era and you're extremely effective at bridging the old with the new. Um, so you're not losing principles, but you're doing it in a, in a, in a uh, time-tested but uh, sexy way, or not even sexy, but effective way, right? So <laughs> Appreciate that. So let's get into how'd you get into sales training and and, and uh, we'll start there first, sales training, then podcasting. 
Okay. So I started selling when I was, I don't know, like around 18, 19, right? And then I eventually grew. A lot of it was B2C, business to consumer. Then it grew to, I started doing a little bit of B2B, but then spent most of my time and more, more comfortable with B2C. I can do that all day. And then post-college, I had a bigger opportunity to get into some B2B companies. I worked and it was all right. This is a couple of the first companies I worked for didn't work out. And then a the third company, I thought this was going to be it. And then I flopped, man. I wasn't making any money. It wasn't doing all right. And then what happened was I was fortunate enough that a company put me through a sales training program. And it was the wisest thing that they could have ever done. And what happened as a natural byproduct was I blossomed from it. I had a direction. I had a path. I knew what to do. And I was thinking during that because I love to teach, Philip. I mean, I love to teach. I love to train. I love to, I love to share wisdom. And thus why the podcast eventually came and we'll talk about that but I started to share that uh, I started to think what if I could share this eventually and I would look forward to our Friday meetings because I was I became one of the top sellers and company put me through this president's club with this organization and then every Friday we met and I just loved the training and I wanted to do the training I think I want uh, we had opportunities to substitute or to get up and to do some of the the training in the group and I just I ate it all up I loved it so now as fast forward now, what happened was the podcast started as a means of me to share some insights and some wisdom and help people that were in the same situation I was in. And then naturally people started to ask, could I speak and could I train? And, and things led, one thing led to another. Start off coaching first, but one thing led to another. And then I realized, hey, I could do the sales training thing on the side. And I started to moonshine. Uh, so what is that? Moonlighting, <laughs> not moonshining. <laughs> started to moonlight on the side. <laughs> Don't come over here, man. No moonshining, man. <laughs> FBI knocking on the door. Police, no. <laughs> Moonlighting uh, and doing this stuff on the side and on the weekends and so forth. And then it became, a, saw that it was a potential for a viable business to train organizations and naturally it grew. And then I, in 2015, I left my full-time gig and this is what I do now. That's awesome. That's Thanks, awesome. man. And, and, and so what are... Um, what are the types of companies that um, need sales training or that you're working with, right? Yeah. Because a lot of people are, you know, and I'm going to frame it up in a way where it'll make sense for the audience, but a lot of people are saying, you know, hey, I'm a one-person real estate agent uh, and I need help selling. And then there's other organizations where they're like, hey, you know, we're a restaurant. We don't actually have salespeople. So do we need sales training? So what are the kind of the different types of organizations that you think would need sales training? Good point. Every organization needs sales training. You know, like thinking about this is like saying who does, who needs health insurance, right? Everybody eventually needs health insurance. You may not have a big issue. Maybe I don't have, you know, uh, like a, um, my lungs aren't falling apart, but there will come a point where I might need that, but I might need something basic like to get vaccinated or get a, you know, a flu shot or something. I need to get some kind of health care or let's not even say health insurance, but health care. Everyone needs it eventually in some capacity. I give you an example. I went to an organization. We live in a place where we have an HOA and I needed to, we, we had a little violation we had to pay. So I had to go pay the violation. I went into the front office and they don't sell per se in the management office, but bro, they were selling in the sense that they didn't realize it. And it was in a bad way because the whole culture in that organization is not around the customer. It's like, you need me. And, uh, you know, for as soon as we get the opportunity, like we're thinking of leaving our, you know, moving out of a place where we are. 
And we're not going to refer people because it's just like, why should the management office be that bad? Because you need to sell, you need to sell stuff. So in, in a way with a bad culture of not, uh, and, and, and when I say selling is we all get the connotation, like it's me pushing something at you for you to purchase, but selling in a way is me delivering value to you and helping people who are going to pay our organization or pay our fees or to live in our complexes, <laughs> or live in our, in our homeowners association groups or whatever. Those people are going to have to pay that $2,000 or $3,000 a year. Why don't I be, why am I not nice to those individuals and to help them to feel like I care for them? Otherwise, when they get opportunity, they're going to leave. And it's imperative. So that's a small scale. But then you look at like a restaurant. Oh my goodness, you're selling every single day. If you're a restaurant, you got to sell the employees on different ideas, build value to them, where you have to help clients or customers or, pa or patrons recognize why they should try the special for today. No one just want to hear, oh, it's a lobster on the menu. No, this is the, this is a, you know, explain it out that this lobster is, is a, we only do it for a certain time of the year. And it is a, from Alaska. And the reason why it's so good is because of this and this, and this is the, you know, this is the type of, uh, you know, protein that comes from it. And it's great for, you know, for whatever, for, to build up your muscles. <laughs> so, you know, I am sharing something, I'm educating my, my customers on what I'm offering. And that makes a big difference as opposed to buy a lobster. So everyone has it all the way up to when you get to like software companies. Most of the companies we teach and train are in the tech space or they're in the, um, the marketing space. So marketing agencies that have a, a team of sellers or you know, they're selling ads or they're selling uh, some kind of uh, uh, software service product. We train those individuals and as well as a tech company, some of them, a lot of the people we help are SaaS space or manage IT firms um, that have sales reps. And usually the typical formula we see is that these people, they have an entrepreneur who had a vision and the founder syndrome and this person could sell because they just have the capacity. They have this, they have a desire, they, they have the motive, they have to do it. And then they want to bring a replicate that. So they want to bring on the first sales rep and to create a process and to grow it. And unfortunately, they can't do it by themselves. So they hire me to come in. We assess the situation. We make them help them get quick wins. Then we go ahead and we train them how they, how they can do a repeatable process and create that for them. And then we um, re, uh, maintain by having ongoing coaching in our online program that keeps them fresh and up to date with the latest and greatest so they can improve. So everyone needs sales. But unfortunately, I don't work with everyone, right? I have my, just like you go to a doctor, you have certain doctors who are podiatrists or who are going to chiropractor or MDs or um, general, general practitioners, like you have your different focus. And uh, I, but I highly recommend you look and find one though. No, definitely, definitely. And, let, and let's sit inside of that for a little bit. And we're just sure. going to talk all around sales, people that you work with and people that you don't, because you see it, because you're, you're in the thick of it, but what do you, what, and I'm, and I got to frame it again so you understand where I'm coming yeah. from. You can agree or disagree, but I want to make sure people know where I'm coming from. So I think, I think we're going to historically look back to, you know, March 9th, 2009, or whatever date that was, and say, hey, this is when like the world started over, right? In, mm -hmm. in, in the sense where the way doing business changed, the way that you, um, uh, acquired new customers, uh, changed, right? It, it, and I give a couple of examples after you uh, go through it, but um, but I think we're going to look back and, and that's going to be the case. Are you seeing the same thing? And how is the way that selling and getting new clients changing, right? Good, bad, or ugly? Yeah. I mean, I think there's, uh, 
the the way that people have sold in the past uh, drastically has evolved and it's going to continue to evolve right because we have the advent of social media we have the advent of uh, you know the internet and full blast people with their smartphones um, now we're getting into 5G next in the next what year or so you know with cell phone signals so so many it's going to be technology has given us this crazy wicked good boost um, to to help our businesses so the traditional, the foundational, and what I like to share is that I've been taught that, you know, teach people correct principle and then help them to govern them. They'll help them to govern themselves. If you think about it in this sense, you as the sales rep need to understand the core values or the core principles of selling, which is, you know, like blocking and tackling, like we were talking about, you know, knowing how to find the right people, knowing what to say to those individuals, and then knowing how to maintain that relationship um, to help them. And the cool part too, is that, you know, door knocking can still work in many industries, you know, phone call, cold call is definitely still working in many industries, but how do you evolve that? And I'll give you an example how technology is helping us. Look at cold call. If I cold call you as uh, you know, go, you know, do a, you know, just go a, create, a, create a list or find businesses and just give you a phone call, that will not necessarily cause the biggest impact. But a way that I can find a, a better impact nowadays is the phone call can still work. Eventually it leads there, but it's now further down the step. What I'll do initially is go on to LinkedIn and I will search and find a you know, target list of my type of customers, the people that I can help really well. Once I find several of them, say Philip falls in that category, I find you, then I will reach out to you on LinkedIn and maybe send a LinkedIn request. Hey, Philip, you know, love collecting, connecting with sales leaders, doing amazing things. Permission to connect here on LinkedIn. Now there's a warm connection. What I might do then from there is maybe interact with some of your content and and we call this the flow process. Some people call it a cadence process. And then a phone call, which was usually number one back in the days, now moved down the step to probably number three. So when I do that call initially, hey, this is Donald. You know, for, Hey, man, we connected on LinkedIn. Yeah, man, how you doing, Donald? I'm still technically a cold call, but that's so much more warmer now because this day and age, because people have been burnt so badly in the past that they become apprehensive. So if I do the cold call number one, Maybe I can still get appointments, say out of 10, maybe I'll get like, you know, get in contact with three people. But then now when I do a phone call, say with the warm approach where I do use technology to my advantage and connect with you. Now I'm, that's maybe a five, uh, five, maybe a 50% chance uh, of getting in contact with you as opposed to 30%. I'll take that any day, but now I'm using something more. And the other cool thing too is utilizing another way that technology is helping us to evolve the way that we're selling is utilizing video. You and I are over Zoom right now and technology is amazing for this but hmm. there are tools out there companies like co-video which i recommend and first off yes i do have affiliation with them so you buy something from there use me though i'll get a code but either way there are tools out there as well they're cheap and free like loom bomb bomb is also one of my favorite and also wistia uh, soapbox uh, those tools allow you to embed a video inside of the email that you're sending. So then now not only am I connected with you on LinkedIn, but now you're seeing me, you're hearing me, you're seeing my personality that, and that gives so much more of a warm approach with that uh, cold email. And that makes it so much more effective than previous relying just on the cold, simple text email alone or cold call only. Um, but does that make sense there? No, yeah, it makes complete sense. And so let's talk about some of the don'ts, right? Because you, yep. you kind of get a point and I'll let you pick on some people because it happens to me and I'm sure it happens to you. But what about the folks that say, yeah, yeah, Donald, I am using LinkedIn. I'll like request somebody <laughs> and then I'll send them a, a, a five paragraph, you know, <laughs> sales, <laughs> sales. 
<laughs> it's like, <laughs> I got this book. I'm like, uh, like, where am I going to start with this? Chapter one, who I am, chapter two. I was like, bro, didn't it, is this supposed to be a LinkedIn request or what? You know, we get those all the time. And I, 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 I highlight some of them in my group every once in a while. I try not to embarrass people too much, but I just want to educate people. So I block out their names and company. But the problem is, is people think if you're going on, and they go back, okay, back up. The end result, usually um, people want to get the quick return right away. And even though we all want to get the same end result, you, some, you have to use different approaches to get there. So let me give you an instance, uh, an example, for instance. You, when I make anyone say that they're going to barbecue some, uh, some brisket, you know, on the, uh, like in a microwave, I mean, a cook brisket on a microwave, I'm like, you are one stupid person. Like, you're going to mess that meat up. You can't cook mm -hmm. it. It will never cook like that, no matter what you try to do. So how do you best make a brisket? Slow cook that sucker. You put that, you put it on a, some, you know, wood, char, uh, wood and some charcoal. You got it in a smoker. You got 15 hours. You, you cook that thing good. When it gets done, it's going to taste great. But oftentimes people see like fast tricks or fast approaches and they want to try to short change the process and you can't cook a brisket in a microwave i think that's going to be a one of the books i'm gonna work on oh, that's right a good one that's a really good one you can sell a lot of those in texas <laughs> I know, can't cook a brisket in a microwave <laughs> so but what happens though is that you build the relationship naturally so on linkedin i said nothing about my product or service there right when i use that same approach and you can steal this i'm giving you guys full permission make it up and say you took it as well no matter what industry you work in say hey i love connecting with cfos i'm doing amazing things um, in the industry permission to connect on linkedin hey love connecting with chiropractors doing amazing things permission to connect here on linkedin and i ask a question specifically at the end because usually when you ask a question people because we've been taught by good parents in society we naturally want to answer so they might say yes or they'll just accept the invite. Then I continue the conversation from there because you hear me keep referring back to it as a conversation. Conversation. So I'll then continue by saying something like, you know, hey, saw you guys were doing this. Congratulations on the latest opening or um, saw you got an award. Congrats on that. What I use because I have a podcast um, I reach out to sales leaders. So the next thing, instead of me saying, hey, come and be my, you know, uh, come and buy something, I'll say, hey, are you from, uh, Philip, are you familiar with podcasts? Do you listen to podcasts? And I say, yeah, I do. Why? Well, we have a podcast. We're always looking for guests to come on a show. Would you ever be open to that idea? Nobody's going to say, I am closed minded. I'm not open to that idea. <laughs> they'll probably say, maybe they'll say, you know, well, unfortunately, our company has policies. We can't do certain things. But now the door is open. And then I can reach out to them and say, hey, we connected on LinkedIn, Philip, just out of curiosity. Um, what you guys are doing right now for sales training for your organization? Bam, the door is open. I gave them an invite. We started a conversation. The same thing that I'm trying to get, I'm trying to cook the brisket, but I'm not, but I'm doing it a little bit slowly and I'm doing it in a natural, by natural way, as opposed to, hey, Philip, I see that you're a sales manager. We help sales managers all over the world. Our company has been around for 47 years and we want to teach you and your sales team how to do this great. Look at our past clients. Look at our great success. Look at us and how amazing we are. We have a five point system. Here are the five points. Go ahead and download this program. Let's set up a time to jump on a call. Would you like to buy it? You know, it's like, come on, bro. Like, no, Nobody's going to do that. No one ever. You can't, you're not going to see, it's not natural. That's the problem. That's what I'm trying right. to get at. It doesn't happen when you go to networking events. No one says bombard you and then you're going to buy from them. It doesn't happen when you're dating. Anyone's going to bombard you and say, let's get married on the first one. You're not going to connect with them. It doesn't happen. So why do we think, because now we are on LinkedIn, 
that is going to shortchange that process. And I'm just going to pitch and sell because they forget that we're talking to human beings. They see Mary sales leader or Joe CFO, as opposed to Mary, the mother who is frustrated about what she's going to go home and cook tonight. And now she has her boss, you know, nagging her and she's trying to get her business, you know, her business unit to develop properly. We don't see that. Have a conversation with Mary. And then naturally, Mary will have a conversation with you and it will lead to business. And that's how the successful people who are using technology like LinkedIn are seeing the best results. And, 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 I'll, and I'm going to add one more thing and let you comment on too, because yeah. you have a pretty, you know, so the old way of getting referrals, you know, which, which everything works, right? But the mm-hmm. old way of getting referrals are, um, hey, open up your phone book. I love for you to pick out five <laughs> people, you know, you know, give me their phone number. Uh, you know, don't worry about, you know, call them in advance, but, you know, don't ask, you know, don't ask them for your number. Just give me the number, you know, and I'll give them a call out the blue without a heads up. Right. Which again, I don't, I don't bash anything. Uh, <laughs> everything works. Right. But I look at you and I'm like, man, you're growing, you're growing referrals naturally. I think I, I add like a person a month to your group, you know, so can you talk about some of the ways that you teach folks to grow their uh, referral network? No, and I appreciate that too, man. Keep pushing them over there. That's it's amazing. Thank you. I, I had a gal on a podcast and she shared something though. She was a contrarian and she shared an approach, which again, I think I'm testing it out. And I think I've been testing it out and haven't been realizing it for the past forever. But it's getting referrals without asking. And the way you do that is pretty much build, build value and to be in touch with people. So often people will have networks or they'll have uh, friends. I mean, people, customers that there's kind of like a one-time thing. The biggest, uh, like the epic part is getting them over the, the obstacles and then eventually purchasing. And then from there, we let them sit and we let them go by the wayside. When we should be maintaining relationship, sharing content that might benefit them, connecting with them, saying happy birthday to them, what will happen over time is they'll say, oh, yeah, Donald, the guy's around. Donald, the guy's around. And maybe that's what happened with you. And then you're like, oh, it's sales. This guy, I met him at a networking event. He's interested in sales. Oh, we have the sales group, Donald, because I'm constantly available. I'm constantly around Philip. We are friends on Facebook as well. So those, those things help. The other approach too, which I do believe can still work very effectively, is by strategic asking. And what I mean by that is if I can utilize, I want to take the work out of the selling situation for you. So if I connect with Philip and I see that, you know, I go on your LinkedIn profile and I see that you're connected with these, you know, I, I did 10 companies that are in your area and in, in Texas there who I feel could be great fit for me. I will then reach out to you and say, Philip, I notice you're connected with James, John, and uh, you know, whatever, uh, Amber at uh, these the three different companies. Do you feel that any, that they could be a good fit for what we've done for you in the past? Like, yeah. You know, coming to think about it, they actually could do something. Well, great. Well, if you are open to this idea, um, I would love to get an introduction and I, we have some templates that you can use basic emails. I know you're busy, so I don't want you to have to think about creating all that stuff again, but here's a simple email introduction. Feel free to use that and introduce her to me or introduce her to me on LinkedIn or whatever. But now you make that introduction. I took the work out of it for you and it may be a lot easier, especially if I've delivered enough value and if, especially if you've seen the result and you care about your friends, you're like, yeah, let me help them out. And I recommend it for Donald. And I did the homework already to find out that they were fit and I verified it with you. And that helped as opposed to saying, Philip, you know, who do you know? 
And it's like, well, I didn't wake up this morning thinking about people that I can refer to Donald. Like it's, I'm trying to run my business here. I need to get my podcast guest, man. I need to meet my financial folks. And you're, you're over here asking me for referrals. No, I don't know. I'll get back to you. And then you never, ever get back to me. And that's what happened. You feel so bad after three months. You're like, oh crap, I'm going to avoid Donald now because I know he's going to bring that up. Or you might think that I'm going to bring it up and then you probably won't respond to me or connect with me or don't like my stuff on social media. And that's the last thing we want for our value customer friends to then turn their backs and feel, uh, you know, that there's a fictitious contention when it's not a real tension or to have that develop. So you, you either push them away by doing that, or you just annoy them to death. But if you were to ask respectfully and because you've done the research and you've brought enough value, they'll come back. And if you're consistently delivering enough value, they'll stay on top of you and in front of you. And then they'll refer people or invite people to the group, just like you've been doing. Yeah, yeah, no, man, that, that is, you're 100% right. Let's, let's get into podcasting for a little bit. So, so um, you're over a thousand episodes, right? Um, I know, man, it's over a thousand episodes. How do you deliver consistently good content, right? Because, you know, um, I'm, I'm over a hundred, right? And if, there you, go. you know, when I got, when I did number one, I was like, I don't know how I'm going like, <laughs> to be interesting for this many episodes. And the more you do it, the more I'm like, Hey, like there's unlimited content. Right. But how do you, um, for me and for everybody else listening, like how do you make your content consistently relevant and how do you grow your audience on the podcast? Yeah, good question. So I'll tackle this too, because we're actually consistently doing the second part right now, right? And well, we have to do all of them. The, we're fortunate right now, well, several things. You need to, like any good business, understand who your customers are. Who are the ideal customers? Who are the ideal listeners? What they want? How they listen to a podcast? What they consume? And we're consistently trying to refine that and trying to help and to improve that. But usually, and that's where I use the Facebook group as well, you'll see that I ask questions or people would ask questions. If somebody's asking a question, more than likely others have that same problem as well. So that's one way I can generate content. Take stuff from the users by not necessarily saying, hey, what do you guys want to hear? Because if I ask them, they're going to say, hey, closing, or it's the same stuff. But let's see naturally what they're asking about, naturally what they're commenting about, naturally what the challenges they're facing. And I see that sometimes with some of the message, some of the things, probably about 70% of the things, 80% of the things I post, probably about 70% now of the things that I post in a group are strategic in a sense, because it's usually to share information, get information or whatnot. And sometimes it's really just to, you know, just have a convo, but that helps me to figure out what kind of content people want to hear. Second thing, I get LinkedIn requests as well. So people connect with me on LinkedIn. What are some of the challenges you're facing? My clients then tell me about issues that they're facing or they're having difficulties with and you know, I'm teaching them something. I'm like, crap, you know, that would be a great piece of episode uh, there to put something together on. And then the other part to this too is I get natural people submitting to the podcast. So then now we get like right now, if I go, I'm at 140 emails, probably at least 50 of them are people who are something related to the podcast or maybe want to come on a show or to connect with the podcast or whatnot. I then created a process now since we do five episodes per week and we're always looking for great guests who can tackle sales stuff relative to our ideal listener. They submit topics to me and that's a great way. And we theme out each month. So for the, this month right now, we're in sales basic month. So these are basic sales principles. So every episode is going to tie around the theme of sales basic. Next month, I think it's social selling. So then every theme, every episode will tie somewhat towards social selling. So it might be one on LinkedIn or Twitter or Instagram or um, how to you know, create, create a brand online. Um, so, and people might, who have written. So now I can put, you might reach out to me now and I might not 
have something for you until July, it puts you on a list and then we can do that. So then now I am banked up with content or potential guests and the content is relative to the customer or to the ideal listener, what they want to hear. And then I'm taking stuff as well that they share or have uh, interest in. And I create my own episodes on that or around things that um, the, uh, or think are, or create or suggest to the guests, like, you know, my community want to hear this. Can you speak on that as well? And that's, that's the first part. The second part, how to continue to grow the podcast, ask, ask people if they can help us. And then the easiest part too, like if you want to find, say for instance, if you want to connect with, uh, uh, you know, folks who work out, where are you going to go? Uh, to the gym. To the gym. So, if I want to find bodybuilders, uh, people to connect with, you know, build a community, learn from other people who are building and lifting well, I'm going to go to different gyms. So sometimes though, people will say, well, how can I find more listeners to my podcast? The best place to go are other podcasts. So do, you felt, do yourself a favor like this. I go on, I try to go on podcasts and I didn't do as much. Like I ease off the gas for the past two years, but now we're in hyper growth mode. We played a lot of defense, but now it's like super offense. Um, and the reason being, I'm being straight up, like our show is at a critical point. It's pretty good. And we have some uh, sponsors, but I want to get hyper growth. So anyone that's under the sun that I feel, you know, that would be great for me to, to have a great audience uh, that I can deliver value to if I can bring value to their community. I'm not going to go on an automated pod- podcast. I can't bring value to them, but people who, you know, I, I can help out in any way, I'm going to help them out. And benefit too is that now I take that content, it benefits both party. And I share, like when we get done with this episode, I'll share it with my community. I'll share it on Insta and I'll share it also on Twitter and I'll share it with our, you know, mention our Facebook group and so forth. But then now people in my community can go back to that host podcast but also those people that listen to that host come on my podcast, uh, check it out as well as a natural byproduct. So that's one of the best way to grow it. And even for us, you don't have to get there yet. And we're still exploring it. We have a, our uh, marketing company that we're working with. We're going to do paid ads and um, some pay-per-clicks to help drive that traffic um, because the money, we want to push everything back towards our show. And we want to target people who are already listening to podcasts, not people who are new. So that's why I brought up the gym. If we were trying to, if I go to and try to educate random people, you know, download, uh, what is a podcast and how to download a podcast? It's like, I have to teach you all the stuff, find people who are already there and invite them. And that's why listening and going to other podcasts are great. Got it. No, you, you make sense. Makes sense. Um, so I have five questions that I ask everybody. Uh, it's my part investment research, uh, you know, section. And in part, just, I just want to know the answer to these questions. Sure. The first one is more like, I think everybody loves this question. Um, who listens? What would you go in? If you had to go, if you were able to get in the time machine and go talk to 22 year old Donald, what would you, what would you tell him? 22 year Donald, we need to get wise up first off, <laughs> first off. And first and foremost, I would switch my major in college, I would have, I would focus a lot on economics and understanding finance. I'm not saying that because I'm on your podcast. I say this all the time. Um, I would have done, gotten some more financial understanding. Finance is the language of business. Um, and that's, you, you need to get that. So having that ground understanding coupled with my sales experience, I think I'll be a, be one smooth killing machine there. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's one. Um, the other thing that I would tell DK back younger there will be a company that you're, you're flirting with girls on right now called Facebook. They're gonna, they, it doesn't look like they can make money, but they're going to make money. 
and make sure you invest in them. All right. Just make sure you do that. Um, so I'd encourage DK to take advantage of it. Uh, <laughs> invest in that. Um, the other thing, so 22, when I was 22, what year was that? Um, I can't remember now. So, oh, the probably like right before the housing market crash, right? Right around that time. Yeah, it was before. Um, so How old are you? I'm 34, 35 this year. Okay, so yes, we we're same age. So yeah. it was 2006. So, so it's just a 22-year-old Donald. It's not necessarily exactly that time. But, you know, the, <laughs> what I could say to um, Donald at that time, I would say go ahead and when the market does go down, when it's bad like this, it's going to be tough. But I recommend that you find as much money as you can, get from family and from friends, and you live in South Florida, you need to find a way to buy a property <laughs> when the market is bad, when it's bloody <laughs> in the street. I can tell you this, Philip. The house I moved into in college, I mean, post-college, was $150,000 in downtown West Palm Beach. $150,000. I didn't, I was fresh out of college and I, couldn't, I couldn't, couldn't pay for it. So I was like, oh man, I should do it. I should do it. So now fast forward. We want to move back into that neighborhood down there. Um, and I had an opportunity to buy it at 150. I had it uh, to opportunity to buy it. But again, I just didn't feel I could pay for it, stomach it at that point. So, and I didn't know where I was going to go. I was going to plan to go to New York and stuff. So I didn't capitalize on it. Then we had a second landlord that wanted to sell it at 250. And I was like, oh man, we probably shouldn't. Eventually we had moved out and, and whatnot. The house now is on the market for $430,000. So, <laughs> wow. so DK back in the days, that's what I would have done. So long answers to that question. Focus on some of the means of uh, uh, securing yourself in the future. <laughs> got it, got it. Hey, hey, we all learn, right? Yeah. Um, so, Brand. So, what are the top three companies you you love to spend money with? So you so you say, hey, I, I spend money with them, but I don't do it begrudgingly. Like I love to do business with these companies. What are those companies? Good question on that one. I would probably say one of them that I don't even think about um, spending money with is Aldi. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if you guys know about Aldi. I got introduced to them when I lived in Michigan back in, um, you know, in 2004, 2006. And I, yeah, so I, I fell in love with Aldi. So I, I like that brand um, for what they stand for. Another brand that um, I, I, I drank the Kool-Aid with Apple. And I can tell you in college, my PC, it, it died. The first one. It wasn't working too well. Second one, because I inherited it from someone. So I was like, oh man, it's messed up. But then I invested money and got a really nice HP. And I was like, yeah, cooking with fire now. And I went back to college, used it. And it was, oh no, it was Dell, Dell Vostro or whatever. And then all of a sudden, like two years later, it's like on clockwork, the computer just started acting up, stopped working, getting got hit with the ransomware. It just never ran uh, great after that again. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. And my friends were like, Mac friends, get a Mac. And I was like, no, I'm not joining that cult. Come <laughs> get me, hen Satan. <laughs> so then I, uh, I got lured in. I worked for a door-to-door security firm. And best way you can use the app to get information was get an iPhone. So as a sign-in bonus, they lured me in, got an iPhone. I was like, fine, I'll use it for work. And then fell in love with the iPhone. Then next thing you know, I bought the Mac. Next thing you know, I got a, 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 had a, a tablet. So now that's all we use. And I don't even think about it. Um, it's My computer lasted 10 years as opposed to the two years. Wow. And now we get a new one. So um, so that's one, second one. And then probably the third one, trying to think of one that I 
I use all the time. Um, I, I, we love our Hondas. Um, I know it sounds crazy, but we love our little Hondas. We have Civics and Accords and we're in a market of getting another one and we're getting a cord. Um, so it's yeah. just a reliable vehicles and good brand and good thing with our, our computer. They work with our Apple. And then with my Aldi groceries, I absolutely love it. I love them even more now because of Instacart. So Instacart is the delivering. So I am at home working. I shop 30 minutes. Wife said, get the groceries. 30 minutes. It's coming tomorrow. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, we, uh, we're a Honda family too, except, you know, we have Acura's instead of, instead uh, of same, same thing. Yeah. Same thing. Um, wh- where do you get your, um, your news? And, and I'm thinking of like media, right? So is it like a print newspaper? Is it online? Is it social media, uh, TV? Where do you get your, your news and information? So two sources, uh, radio, believe it or not, um, and I I'll listen to radio certain times throughout the day if I'm not listening to a podcast. Um, so I have my radio to uh, check out. And then also I'm going to fall in that category, social media. I mean, it's very easy. Uh, like You find stories. So let me give you a perfect example. Yesterday that plane went down, whenever you listen to this, but the plane crashed. Uh, was it uh, Nigeria? I can't remember. Ethiopia. 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 Excuse me. Uh, sounds so ignorant there. I didn't read the whole thing. So, you know, but Ethiopia. And then what I did, I saw uh, on Instagram or on Facebook, I saw something saying, it was on Instagram. Somebody was saying, you know, prayers for people of Ethiopia. And I was like, what? What happened? And then I went from there to the TV news to get more details sometimes. And the reason why, because we were downstairs chilling as a family. Otherwise I would have researched, I just uh, done a quick search for it and to find news articles but I found it on social media and then I went and validated other places. Um, so, yeah, so. Okay. And then uh, fourth question, um, uh, entertainment. So like what are some specific shows whenever you're in downtime trying to not think and, and, and just D whatever, whatever, just de-stress. What, what, are, what are your favorite shows or movies to watch? Oh man. Um, so, I, I'm anything Netflix, <laughs> anything Netflix produced, right? For the most part. Um, one of the ones that my wife and I, we love uh, last kingdom. That's a, that's a good one. And, um, but uh, then the other ones, it's like a Viking type show. Uh, I don't know how we got involved in it. We have no, no Viking heritage or roots, but I guess it's just our aggression. We can let out our aggression through. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's pretty good. I've, I've seen that in recommendations. I haven't watched yeah. it. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Uh, then the other thing that I like to do uh, as far as entertainment wise, um, I like music. So love my reggae music. So uh, Chronics, you got some I'm born in Jamaica. So we moved here when I was nine. So I love my Chronics. So if anything with Chronics or Damien Marley, um, we'll check that out um, as well. Coffee, she's a rising star in Jamaica. So uh, listen to that for my music and chill and more entertainment. I know it's kind of sound lame, but it's like reading as well. Right. So listening to audiobooks, um, do a lot of that um, as a means of entertainment. I'm chilling. And yeah, so and then I can give up my discovery stuff too, man, or uh, like a, anything with space. So any movie or TV show that deals with space. So like right now, National Geographic, a special on Mars, um, you know, like the, the things that Elon Musk is doing with that Mars series. I love that. So I, I dream of the idea of exploring other worlds, man. <laughs> I know it's <laughs> way out there, but it's like, think about it. We've done so many things as humankind. 
you know i think that's that that's that next wild frontier out there and yeah no, you're right. be a part of that man you're right so so you'll you'll have good ones for number three then number three is uh top three books you've read of all time or recently you don't whichever mm-hmm. one you want to pick yep the first one is think and grow rich so top of all time uh absolutely love think and grow rich it's a fantastic book my mentor slash uh like a father figure father to me he just passed away this uh two days ago my best friend's dad and uh, just did an episode on it um but he uh he gave me my first copy of i was trying to see if it's around here somewhere think and grow rich i always have it but i think it's in the the cabinet but it's tethered and uh <laughs> um, but that book uh, he wrote his little personal testimony in front of it that was a great one another one too that i really like is alchemist um if you ever read that um mm. great book but i recommended alchemist and then the third one uh, recent books is a story brand by donald miller helps you to be able to frame and tell effective story and story marketing and media and it's powerful so i recommend that as well so those are the top three right now. I've, I've heard that one on, on another podcast and I wrote it down and then I listened to, I think he has a podcast. Story brand he, podcast. Yeah. And he's not a, his, well, the, the three podcasts I listened to couldn't hold my attention. So I was like, I'm not going to read his book, but I'll check his book out then since you're the second person that I, that I heard. Yeah. I've listened to the book probably three times. We just, I met with my marketing folks and they, I, I, I was working with trying to get people to do stuff and they just didn't get it. And then my marketing, uh, the company I work with, is a friend of mine. She was like, Hey, have you heard this podcast episode with Amy Porterfield and Donald Miller? I was like, you listen to Donald Miller now? Yes. Love it. Like we know we're going to do business for sure together because the story brand framework, that's how we, we want to position our stuff. And it's made a huge difference. Um, and so you'll see in the next little bit, our website overhaul, like they're doing a mock-up right now of the homepage. And we worked on our story brand. We did the content right now and telling that story of who we are helping and they're working on that. And so I'm excited over the next week to see the mock-up and over next month or so execute the new product, new webpage. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully I'm probably going to release this and uh i have i have like seven to nine ahead of you and i'm doing like you dropping one every five five a week so we're, yeah. probably, we're probably two weeks out so so maybe you'll have it so i can put it put it up for the uh for the episode love it love it yeah yeah so hey man i appreciate you taking the time out because i know know you're busy um you definitely drop some nuggets. If y'all definitely are not part of the Facebook group, can you share with them like where to find you on Instagram and your Facebook yeah. group? So Instagram and LinkedIn, it's very simple. Donald C. Kelly. Donald C. Kelly, just tell me you heard me on, uh, on Philip's podcast. The second thing is uh, if you go to the Facebook, if you go to our Facebook group, it's called the Sales Evangelizers. The Sales Evangelizers, you can connect with me there or on um, Instagram or LinkedIn. And I'm active on all of those places. So I can chat with you. Yeah. 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 And, and y'all, and y'all, that's a lot of like straight up, like free content, you know, community. Um, but thing, and, I, and I'm a, I'm gonna go ahead and plug you a little bit more, man. Cause Appreciate it, man. you're like one of the best salespeople um, that I've ever met. And because and I'm a related to the investing world, a lot of people, mess up in investing because they're so short term. They think you got to mm-hmm. be smart. And I'm like, no, I mean, you have to have a process. But Warren Buffett's superpower is not that he's smarter than everybody. He he is smarter than everybody. But that's <laughs> not, you know, that's not why he's a great investor. He's a great investor because he's more patient than every than everyone. And he had, and his process matches his patience. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I see in you is 
if, you know, <clears throat> if um, you're able to be patient, you're able to not turn people off through the process. And like you said, really marinate and build. And it's why, I, you know, I took Sandler training and I loved um, my Sandler, you know, training guys. And, you know, if they listen, you know, I, I liked them. But whenever somebody says, hey, you know, where should I go for sale? Like, you got to join this group, man. You, or you can <laughs> ask. I tell them to join your group, A, because it's there. But B, because I know that you're not going to, like, um, do any short-term behavior at all. You're going to let the process work the way it's supposed to work, right? And I really like – I mean, I, I admire that, man. It's a great process. That means a lot. I appreciate that, man. Thanks, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, well um, – I think that's it, man. I'm going to have to have you come back again, though, because when we were going to the sales part, I was like, man, I got like 50 more other questions. <laughs> anytime, brother, man. I'm here anytime. I'm more than willing to come on a show. Hey, hey you, saw, you saw how I did that? I got, I got the, uh, I went ahead and completed the next show at the end. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what, what, do you, what do you call that? What's that called? Like Upfront contract? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> man, he, he, you're doing a continuation. I'm going to have to come back and buy. <laughs> <laughs> Shoot. All right, man. We appreciate you. Thanks, brother.